you ever think we'll reach a day when we as a uh, society, damn, I fucked that up. I was supposed to pitch this shit perfect. I fucked it up. Let me redo it. You good? I just recently went to my high school reunion. Okay. And it seems like everybody is doing what you said. Everybody's got a job, everybody's safe, everybody's working. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't seem like nobody was, maybe three people was out there uh, on some, I'm going for it, I'm trying to make my name, put my name in the atmosphere to be bigger than this city. Mm-hmm. You know, me and, you know, him, two other motherfuckers, this girl I know, and, you know, somebody. Mm-hmm. Why is our era so scared to jump? Like, I know every last one of the motherfuckers in that room had an idea within the last 10 years that they wish they could have executed. But I only heard maybe three of us talk about some shit that's got our name People just sometimes can't see the bigger picture. Now, for you slow motherfuckers who think you know what CBD is or don't know what CBD is, I just watched a video on it the other day, so I'm informed. So let me tell you dumb motherfuckers what it is. CBD is the part of the marijuana <laughs> that enhances your body. It, well, it enhances everything. Everything about CBD is good for you. What I was told is the negative of CBD is the high that we uh, we weed heads search for in CBD doesn't. You don't get it. You don't because it's not it. the THC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's two separate parts. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Is that lucrative? Um, like who's buying weed to not get high? In closing, this has been a very good conversation. Um, you have mentioned that you had a corporate job. Mm -hmm. What turns you off about corporate America? I don't like being told what to do. Same. I don't like asking for, I'm grown. If I need to go to lunch, I don't need to ask to go to lunch. Right. If I need to go run out to, you know, to the store to grab something because I forgot, oh, I forgot my chapstick so and go out and get it. I don't need to clock out. Right. I'll be back. Exactly. And that, that I mean, but that's, I mean, I'm, so I'm 30. Mm -hmm. So my age group is this, how old are you? 30. Okay, so our, okay, well, our age group is this weird group where we remember things that they call us, you know, millennials, but we are not millennials. Millennials are... We came of age in this shit. So, I mean, and we, we remember... We didn't have cell phones when we were 11. Exactly. We have internet. We couldn't just click a button and get on the internet. We had to wait for that shit to bring in. You had to wait. Yeah, we had the best of both worlds. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah. that makes us this weird... I've got work ethic. I just don't want to be told what to do. Exactly. And that's why I'm an entrepreneur. That's crazy you say that. That makes sense. Our area is, like, unique like that. Like... We got work ethic, but we want to do it our fucking way. Yeah. Everybody's like that, not here. Yeah. Describe to me what is the perfect man? Because I know you said people are different, different swag. Not your favorite meal, but what is the perfect meal to people? 
that's a really good question. Um, I got a quick question. In your chef journey, right? Hey, oh shit, I kicked him out. I'm sorry, people. I apologize. That shit was loud ass, dude. <laughs> um, in your journey of becoming a chef, have you ever tried to make the uh, soul food and shit, the macaroni, the fried chicken, the collard greens, and all that shit? Yeah. Do you believe your shit is good? Is it as good as my grandma's? Or is it as good <laughs> as just the best soul food out there? Because um, you, you got a different angle with your chefism. You're going with the healthy alternative, which could or could not affect your pockets, in my belief. Mm-hmm. Versus giving the people what they want. Um, real quick, I walked in. You was playing some R and B shit, sounding shit. Yeah. Mister E E E himself, Jacques, mm -hmm. has said he was the king of R and B. Who is your king of R and B? It's always gonna be R Kelly. I'm sorry. I mean, you can back it up. There's, I'm not. I mean, I'm gonna tell you who I find myself listening to the most, and it's Donnell Jones. I love Donnell Jones. Mm. I'm not gonna say he's the king of R&B. I like Chris Brown. Chris Brown is. He's been around for a long time since I was a kid. He was a kid. I think we're probably the same age. Mm -hmm. And um. So I'm not, you know, gonna sit here and say they no contenders, but it definitely, I like Jacquees and I like his music a lot. I find myself playing his music frequently, but he ain't the king. I mean, you know, you put that CD, I mean, I was probably way too young listening to R. Kelly. Now that I listen to it, I'm like, holy shit, that's what they was talking about? But you know, as soon as you pop in that, that CD and he first thing out his mouth is hit it hard from the back. You just like, damn, R. Kelly, you out here living. <laughs> I mean, he was just the king. I mean, he is. It just is what it is. Do you know how to make edibles? Yes. Can you explain to me step by step? Because I don't believe nobody know how to make real edibles in North Carolina. I believe the promotion of eating bad food for pharmaceutical companies to supply the uh, medical solutions to the problems you get from eating these foods. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? I agree. What we put in our bodies is very important. And I'm not saying everybody should go out and it has to be 100% organic and things like that. But if we shop on the parameter of a grocery store, meaning fresh foods, fresh vegetables, dairy, you got produce, your meat, dairy, and you stay away from that middle of the section where you've got canned items, uh, chips, soda. I mean, uh, of course you might need to go get trash bags, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, if, if we focus on that. <laughs> now, they say um, it's going to be detrimental for um, the conspiracy theory on legal weed is, is too chemicalized, it's too potent, it's full of shit, you know what I'm saying? It ain't what's out here in these streets. Hmm. Um, do you believe that's what's gonna happen? Do you, do you think the quality that would be in stores would be better than the quality we get in the streets now? 
or will the quality in the stores be have a long-term fucked up effect on us as humans? You know, I don't really know, but I do know that when you go out to California and go to Colorado, I personally, you know, it is stronger. Ain't it crazy how we're gonna be telling our grandkids about how we was illegal and they gonna be looking at us like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> That's about? like when we hear about prohibition, like not yeah, being able to drink. Yeah. Like what? Y'all dumped all that shit. Exactly. Um, um, so where, where are you from? Because I'm sure half these motherfuckers listening think you black. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I am from Charlotte. So I'm gonna be interviewing different women of different races upcoming, and I think I'm gonna touch on a certain topic. Mm -hmm. Are you comfortable with anything? Mm, yes, yes. <laughs> interracial day. Yes. You come from a interracial background. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on it? What's the most fucked up or most uncomfortable situation you've been in as a white girl in an all-black rock? Like, somebody's about to fight, some guns got pulled out. Like, what was the most uncomfortable situation? You like, oh, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Weight loss. You said you lost 60 pounds. That's something me and you are both experienced in the field. Okay. Twice in my life, I've lost over 50 pounds. Okay. Once in high school, I lost around 50 or 60 pounds over the span of like a year and a half, mm -hmm. two years. And recently, I lost about 100 pounds. Holy crap. Congratulations. Thank you. Over the span of four to five years working out. My main thing is, now we got different, where we clash at is, you believe it's through the food. I believe it's through the workout. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm gonna start my debate off with the fact that I work out six days a week at about two to three hours a day. Okay. There's no way I can put weight on. Explain to me how I'm wrong in my argument. I remember the moment I posted Me Blanc Amigo on the internet. Mm -hmm. First episode, right? And I was so fucking nervous. I ain't know what the fuck was going on. I just posted it. And I was right before I pressed send, I'm looking at the screen. And you know what I'm saying? I'm just staring. It's just like this moment of jumping, like I just said. Um, to me, that was my most nervous moment because everything since then ain't been shit to me. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Because it's yours. Yeah, exactly. It's nobody else's. Exactly. Um, what is your most nervous moment? And I know it probably happened in the beginning, like my shit. You're... It's your boy, Robbie Dean, back with another one of those fire-ass episodes of Me Blanc Amigo, and this is episode 25, Serving the Base, featuring Chef Ashley. You already know, man, in this episode, I link up with a chef, man, and she put me onto some dope-ass information about 
healthy eating, beneficial eating. I know that shit sound boring, but I made it as entertaining as possible. As you can hear in the preview clips, man, I did what I could do with my best, man. We talked about, uh, you know what I'm saying, her inspirations to become a chef, um, pharmaceutical companies, and them supplying trash foods or promoting trash foods for their benefits. Uh, growing up with bad habits in the household, how she lost over 50 pounds, and I actually tell the story of how I lost over 100 pounds. Crazy motherfucking story. Not really, though. We also speak on portion control, um, dressing up the most perfect meal, and of course, I gotta keep the conversation going on the king of motherfucking R&B, because my dog Jacquees said he the one, so I'm just asking any and everybody right now. Uh, we talk about how to make edibles. She definitely teach you how to cook up the dope. Um, understanding CBD versus THC. And also my conspiracy theory on legalizing weed in North Carolina. From there, we also take a sharp-ass turn and speak on a little bit of interracial dating. Also being in fucked up situations due to race, which is a very underrated topic, man. Um, other than that, we close out with our hatred for corporate America and why our generation stray away from dreams, man. Like I said, a dope-ass episode. You know, only the intellectuals survive all the way through. But I ain't gonna say that. Any and everybody fuck with me, Blanca Amigo. And uh, yeah, man, always follow my Instagram at R-O-B-E-I-W-H-Y. Again, that's R-O-B-E-I. W-H-Y And like always, like always, like always Like, comment, subscribe Like the white girls in the motherfucking valley say Aha! I'm out Whoa, before we get to the podcast episode I gotta get my Bird Box review real quick You already know Um, Yeah off rip yeah i followed the trend i was a, a slave as me and my niggas used to say i chased the moment and yes i watched bird box and my review on it is this shit straight man it ain't bad it is not bad it's a good movie i don't see how y'all say it's whack i don't see how y'all say it's great it's a good movie um off rip Lil Real character was aggravating as fuck. That nigga was so fucking pussy. I don't care what nobody say. How the fuck you in a car where if you get out the fucking car, you gonna fucking pretty much be blinded and commit suicide and you scared of your life that you about to jump out the car. Just a little stupid shit like that that aggravated me. Uh, the big white girl fucked everything up by letting the crazy nigga in the crib. Shit could have been copacetic. They could have survived for a very long time in that house. Uh, the big white girl fucked everything up. I'm moving through this shit real quickly. I ain't even gonna spend too much time on it. Um, my favorite scene is when she was in the river blindfolded and the crazy said he had food and shelter and all this shit. And the nigga came out in the ocean and she chopped his motherfucking ass up like some steak meat, my nigga. Like straight chopped that motherfucker. Um, I thought that shit was hard to do that shit blindfolded. Um, overall, it's a movie about survival, and the older I get, the more intrigued I become about movies that's about survival. 
So yeah, if it was me, I wouldn't have lasted that long. That shit just seemed trash being blindfolded like that. I'd have took the L and just, you know, exit out the game very early, my nigga. I'ma just keep it 100. I'm sure it's gonna be a sequel. I will definitely watch. Hey, this is Chef Ashley Easterling, and I am the owner of the Green Bunny. I'm here, me Blanco Amigo, back in the building, another legendary episode, and I'm here with Chef Ashley of the Greenhouse, what now? Of the Green Bunny. Green Bunny. <laughs> um, reason I brought you here today is because you have a unique background that I'm interested in. You're a chef. Correct. Um, explain to me what exactly brought you into the world of chef and being a chef. Because everybody thinks they can cook. So I decided to get prof like professionally trained um, because I've always loved food and uh, especially the sense of community that food brings. So no matter your race, your religion, your political views, whatever it may be, food brings us all together and we can enjoy that one thing, whether it be your favorite meal or even, you know, maybe experimenting and eating a meal that reflects one of your friends' backgrounds or one, maybe one of your family members' backgrounds. And um, so to me, just building that sense of community over food has always been attractive to me. I uh, went the healthy route because I um, myself went through a weight loss journey, not journey, uh, I actually was always very athletic and then I uh, went to college and those first two years got me pretty good and mm -hmm. immediately, you know, lost the weight and got, got back into athletics. And um, just seeing how the food affected the weight loss and then in addition, how the food can affect how our bodies work. So, for example, you know, you're eating processed foods, you might lead to having medical issues, which then funds pharmaceutical issues, which, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that's a whole other, you know, topic. But um, I guess, you know, just to say straight up, a uh, personal journey versus uh, I've always loved community and the, how food brings together. And then, of course, grew up with a family that, that cooked a lot. So uh, the kitchen wasn't brand new when I went to school. Okay, so you just gave me a whole side interesting topic with the uh, whole other topic thing you just mm -hmm. said. The... Uh, I believe the promotion of eating bad food for pharmaceutical companies to supply the uh, medical solutions to the problems you get from eating these foods. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? I agree. Um, I think that, well, we've seen in some of these documentaries, and I'm, I'm not going to quote because I, I don't know off the top of my head, but um, where a lot of the people that lobby for um, the FDA or also have their hand in the pharmaceutical companies. And um, this is definitely a Google, some, you know, something to Google. I, I don't know any names off the top of my head. But um, uh -huh. they, uh, I just think that what we put in our bodies is very important. And I'm not saying everybody should go out and it has to be 100% organic and things like that. But if we shop on the parameter of a grocery store, meaning fresh foods, fresh vegetables, dairy, 
So you got produce, your meat, dairy, and you stay away from that middle of the section where you've got canned items, uh, chips, soda. I mean, uh, of course, you might need to go get trash bags, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you know, if, if we focus on that, it, it brings fresh foods into your diet and essentially keeps you uh, putting positive things in your, in your diet versus some of the things like preservatives. And I think that pharmaceutical companies definitely have a hand in this because what we put in our bodies, we've seen, you know, type two diabetes. Yeah. We see these things every day yeah. and they have to get uh, medicine from the pharmaceutical companies or what, I don't have diabetes, so I don't, I can't speak a lot on the process, but you know, checking the blood and, and just, but if we were to just eat healthy, you know, healthier, and even just making little adjustments. And but uh, yeah, to answer your question, I definitely think that pharmaceutical companies have their hand in our. It's, I mean, it's the Food and Drug Administration. I mean, food and drug. So, I mean, it's just. It's. I can speak freely. So. Go in. Do your thing. Don't hold back. When I was younger, I was sick a lot. Uh huh. And I think it. I had a family that was young, had me young. So we ate like crap. We ate what our parents could afford. We ate, you know, those kind of things. So Describe a, a Monday through Friday real quick side, just, you know, food schedule in the house. Well, you know, mom would make some kind of pot roast. And then I'd say, well, my grandmother, we ate a lot of German food. So we ate Reuben sandwiches, Betzel, uh, bratwurst. And then but all home cooked? All home cooked, yeah. But, you know, just not using the best ingredients, you know, using canned ingredients or or microwavable vegetables or but I mean there are some homes where kids aren't even getting vegetables so I mean I'm not saying it's like a sad story or anything but I was sick a lot I was in the hospital in and out um, and it wasn't until I was able to make my own food choices that when I switched to a very healthy diet a clean diet I no longer take one prescription and I went from taking eight to zero so to that alone I mean it's just a testament to me, that that's facts. Okay, so um, we were on the topic of uh, you said okay, yeah, you was growing up in a house where you were um, eating bad food and it was affecting your health, and when you changed it, it changed you. What age that you uh, decided to switch up the eating habits, and you seen the different effects it gave you from eating positive? Eating Probably habits. about. 20, 20, 19, 20. And what made you want to do this? Like, usually at that age. It kind of went with the weight loss mm. going through it because I gained weight. I was like 18. And then I lost it all at the end of like being 20. I mean, it wasn't, I'm not talking about like I was like obese or anything, but I was bigger than what I was comfortable with. Let's put it that way. So okay. ended up losing like 60 pounds. I'm the best shape of my life now. Mm. I'm, I'm, you know, great shape. So it's like, that all came to be about through food. I mean, of course I ran, I went to the gym. I'm not saying it was just food, but pretty much I would say 70% food. And they have that quote, abs are made in the kitchen. And I definitely believe that. <laughs> now, I've got a couple of side questions already off of just the basic information you've given. But I want to go into a different subject, um, weight loss. You said you lost 60 pounds. That's something me and you are both experienced in the field. Okay. Twice in my life, I've lost over 50 pounds. Okay. Once 
in high school, I lost around 50 or 60 pounds over the span of like a year and a half, mm-hmm. two years. And recently, I lost about 100 pounds. Holy crap. Congratulations. Thank you. Over the span of four to five years. Working out. My main thing is, now we got different. Where we clash at is, you believe it's through the food. I believe it's through the workout. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to start my debate off with the fact that I work out six days a week at about two to three hours a day. Okay. There's no way I can put weight on. Explain to me how I'm wrong in my argument. You just have to get your macros tailored. So you just have to, and that's something that we do at the Green Bunny. We have a spreadsheet. And we put in your <clears throat> some questions like your goals what you're trying to be, and then we adjust the amount of protein that you're going to take in. Uh-huh. So the more protein that you're going to be eating, it's going to in, in, in hand with a percentage of carbs, which is going to give you your energy, and then you have a percentage of fats. So all three of those things, a carb, a protein, and a fat, make up a calorie. Make up, you know, it's, but how you adjust those percentages are based on things like how much you work out, how much you are not working out. And I'm not going to say that working out is not a part of it. I mean, absolutely. I mean, but if I'm eating McDonald's three times a day Mm -hmm. and then I stop eating McDonald's three times Mm -hmm. a day, I'm most likely going to lose some weight. Mm -hmm. I mean, not if I'm driving over to Burger King instead, but I mean, you know, like, okay, I guess we're, I mean, cause I work out like, I mean, like you say, I work out every day. I work out at least an hour and a half a day, whether I play flag football, I'm on a basketball league. I mean, I'm definitely not saying that that not going to the gym. And if anything, doing cardio is great for your heart. Whether you're yeah. doing it for weight loss or not, you know. So yeah. Definitely not saying that. But mm. um, I do think that the food kind of is, and maybe it's just personal experience. No. It, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, yeah. But um, my thing is what I'm saying is, like, what I think you get in miscommunication is, you think I'm saying, like, McDonald's and shit like that. I'm saying a person that accepts Fast food is bad. I need to at least, if I'm going to eat that, eat from home. Doritos, mm-hmm. sandwiches, uh, you know, baked chicken. Here, They're not frying food. You mm-hmm. know, they just live a basic eating lifestyle. That's what I eat. Mm-hmm. You know, I eat all the bad shit, but I eat it in, you know, increments. And, you know, I eat at the house. I never eat out. I eat out like maybe once every three to six months now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's what I was I was saying with my argument. Uh, do you differ with that? Am I different? No, I eat out. So I cook every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we cook about, you know, 200 meals a day. And um, so when I come home, no, the last thing I want to fucking do is cook. So yeah, I do find myself not at McDonald's, not even at that. Like, you know, I'll stop at like a salad place or I'll stop at, you know, healthier options. Just decent food. Yeah, and I'll only eat like half of it because that's another topic, portion control. Uh, mm, so, okay. right. you know, but it's, um, you know, I'll eat maybe half of it. And then, but I do, I take meals from work, you know, I bring them home and I eat those a lot. I mean, and I cook a lot, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I eat out every day, but it's not, it's way more than once every three to four or six months. It's probably, you know, one to two times a week because, you know, me and the girls get together, go to happy hour, we get, you know, a little little appetizer things like that or sometimes I just stop and get food see yeah that's my thing I did I don't have a fucking social life with this 
busy ass schedule I have. Okay. So I'm eating at the house right before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting you just said another thing that can swing to another topic. Mm-hmm. Portion control. Correct. I have horrible fucking portion <laughs> control because I eat one time a day. Okay, so yeah. So I eat one big ass plate of food before I go to sleep. See, I just heard two bad things in that. Uh-huh. Okay, so eating one time a day is bad because if we start eating in the morning, that's going to jumpstart our metabolism. And then we eat throughout the day, it's going to keep our metabolism rolling. Okay. Then you eat one time a day, obviously you're not doing that. That's not... That's why they say breakfast is like the most important meal of the day. Gets your body. I don't like breakfast either. I have to force myself to drink a protein shake, okay? I do not like breakfast. I'm right there with you. I hate slowing myself down with food in the morning. But you also said that you eat and then you go straight to sleep. Yeah. That's not good either. Because your body is not like digesting correctly. But, you know, I can't sit up here and say what works for one person. may not work. But... Traditionally, yeah. Those so, are not <laughs> let me give you my theory on that, right? Yeah. So because it obviously works. You've lost weight. I mean, obviously yeah. something works for you. So my theory on that is, I go to work, even over the past. Well, recently I go to work for ten hours a day, but over the past, yeah, on the average, I work jobs. I work twelve-hour shifts, ten-hour shifts, eight-hour shifts, and then I get off and go to the gym. Then when I go to the gym, I'm at the gym for two to three hours, you know, regardless of how much I'm lifting at the time, regardless of what I'm doing, I'm there sweating and working out, mm-hmm. probably burning a thousand calories per day. Probably if you're there for that long, yeah. Yeah, because I do a full body, I start with cardio, full body, then I go hoop for about two mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm hitting about a rack. Immediately from there, I'm going straight home to shower, smoke, chill, relax, eat a big-ass plate of food, and go straight to sleep. My theory is my body relies on that food and burns through it through the night like coil or fire logs or some shit. And, you know, we do burn calories when we sleep, so I'm not going to, you know... And the men and women anatomy is different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what works, I've found... What I've found through my clients, what works for women may not work for men, and what works for men may not work for women. Um... But I've also found that for women who are looking to get rid of belly fat, you know, things like that, eating right before bed is not going to... Oh, I wouldn't recommend it for a woman. It's so much hard work to keep knocking that shit back into shape every day. I mean, I'm going to tell you, like, I'm actually not underweight, but right at it. I'm six foot tall, Mm -hmm. 143 pounds. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be like 155 to 160, traditionally. Now, obviously, you know, people with different body shapes might be a little different, but that's pretty much what my nutritionist has told me. What is the height for 6'3"? What's the weight for that? Male or female? Male. Probably, I mean, it's going to be at least 190. 190? 180. I hit 190 once in my weight loss journey, and it was too fucking skinny. Yeah, and see, that's a personal preference. You see what I'm saying? Like, I personally think that, you know, people are just different, you know, yeah. What, how they're built, how they're, you know, that's the one thing like that I've found with the business, like writing meal plans for people, what works for one person, you know, doesn't necessarily work for another person, whether it be 
eating schedules or work schedules. You know, I don't have kids. I don't have to run after work to get, you know, pick up my kids. I don't have to worry about, you know, exactly. all those kind of things. So, I, and I'm also in the kitchen all day. So I, I have access to healthy food. I'm eating all day. I'm tasting all day. So mm -hmm. it's just, I found it hard to put on weight myself. All right. So you done gave me some dope insight out of nowhere. We just jumped straight into the meat and potatoes. So let's get to the, get to know you. What got you into cooking? Well, since... I know you said, you know, you come from a household of cooking. Yeah, family cooking. Yeah. I just, you know, honestly, I thought I wanted to open up a restaurant. Uh -huh. I thought I was like, you know what? I'm going a, I'm to a be a chef. I'm going to open up a restaurant. Yeah. Fucking be killing it. All right. Well, then I did my internship in a restaurant. Never had worked in a restaurant when I went to culinary school. Uh -huh. Did my internship in a restaurant, and I said, what the fuck did I do? I said, this is terrible. <laughs> this is awful. Ashley, what did you do? Yeah. So I was like, well, fuck. All right. I've already got my bachelor's in marketing. I worked in corporate America. That was definitely not, I didn't want to go back. I was like, fuck, I'm three years into culinary school. Mm -hmm. Now what am I going to do? Well, at the time, you know, I was super getting into some, the working out. You know, for me, working out was going to go hoop. We go hoop. We go play flag football. But I was like getting into like lifting and, you know, some of the other things that maybe, obviously I know basic lifting because we had to lift when I played sports but like a little bit more in depth mm -hmm. starting like what is a calorie what is this like what am I actually putting on you know so it's like you know what I'm meal prepping all week fuck can somebody just do this for me no yeah. there's nowhere in Charlotte to get it done right. so I said shit I want to work in a restaurant I want to be a chef uh -huh. let's open up a meal prep company mm -hmm. and that's just kind of what happened I mean it's just like just I didn't have it so I made it Um, what inspired you to jump straight into meal prep? Because now that you we done had this whole conversation, it all makes sense. Like, um, did you just pop this idea out your head, or you well, just... I was doing you know doing it at the house, mm -hmm. and then I would like put it on social media, like, meal prep, you know whatever. People knew I was in culinary school, and they was like, Ash, can you meal prep for me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, all right, bet. Go meal prep for them at their house. Well, when it got to be too many people to be at their house, it takes a long, longer to get used to everybody's shit. They got different pots and pans, different stoves, different, you know. And uh, I was like, all right, so moved into a commercial kitchen that I rented. Mm -hmm. Well, that's expensive as hell. I said, you know what? It was about that time, you know, about, you know, well, in my professional career, working in corporate America, you know, I was at the point where I was, you know, ready to put down some money on a condo or a house. And I was like, you know what? We're open for business. Yeah. And I built out the commercial kitchen. And then we started, you know, I started meal prepping, do everything on my own. And just till recently did I get interns. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do with some of this free time I have. Because, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, but um, that's basically what happened. Uh, just didn't have it. So I made it. People were like, shit, this is good. We want it. And then once I opened, a year later, you know, we did get clean eats. But then once again, it's like, I went to culinary school. Like, I'm a professionally trained chef, so the shit that you're getting in your to-go box is like shit that you could get at a restaurant. Yeah. Um, 
describe to me what is the perfect meal. Because I know you said people are different, different swag. Not your favorite mm-hmm. meal, but what is the perfect meal to feed the people? Ah, that's a really good question. Um, well, what comes to my mind first, and I know this might not exactly answer, is I think the people that you break bread with. So the people that you enjoy in that meal with. Mm-hmm. I know I said it before. I mean, I'm, I'm all about family. Family is, you know, F, family over everything. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. Oh. Yep. And, uh, you know, friends, I've, I've been lucky to have really awesome friends. We take care of each other. Yeah. And so I guess my answer would be what makes the perfect meal is who you're eating it with. Now, what makes the perfect meal may, may be, <laughs> you said not your favorite meal. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, it's just who you, you know, who you sharing that meal with, what y'all eating. I mean, it's got to be, now, if you're talking about a technical perfect meal, I mean, a very well-balanced meal, you got no, a certain no, percentage. I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut yeah, you off but... because it's funny you answered it that way because when I wrote it down, I wanted to answer like that. Yeah. But the way I said it to you, yeah. I didn't expect you to catch it like yeah. that. So that's dope. Yeah. Um, now, why I said don't say your favorite food is now I want to know what is your favorite meal to serve people. Mm, anything... Okay, so I'm a griller. I love the grill. So anything on the grill. But specifically, I love cooking Asian food. That's my favorite food to eat, to cook. Mostly seafood incorporated. But I will tell you, my friends mostly request me to grill their shit, like steak, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I also make like mean pastas. Mm. And then I... Uh, my friends, they always want me to do like crab boils at the house, you know, where we do the potatoes and the corn and the shrimp and the crab legs and things like that. Uh, but I definitely would say um, combination of land and sea. I like seafood and, and beef, pork, chicken. I got a quick question. In your chef journey, right? Hey, oh, shit. I kicked the mic. I'm sorry, people. I apologize. Um, in your journey of becoming a chef, have you ever tried to make the uh, soul food and shit, the macaroni, the fried chicken, the collard greens, and all that shit? Yeah. Do you believe your shit is good? Is it as good as my grandma's? Are you, is it as good <laughs> as just the best soul food out there? Because um, you, you got a different angle with your chefism. You're going with the healthy alternative, which could or could not affect your pockets, in my belief, mm-hmm. versus giving the people what they want. Now, I will definitely let you know I can drop some fish. So mm. I'm playing with my fish now. <laughs> and I definitely can make some mac and cheese. Mm. Now, some of the other sides, you know, that maybe aren't... Do I know how? Yeah. I will say that maybe... I don't really like making greens. But I think that's just because it's a personal thing. I don't really like them. I don't like cooked down vegetables. I like them more like on the raw side. Not uh, raw, but like, you know, crunchy. Yeah. Um, but no, I've been, you know, I go to my grandma's house and mm-hmm. like, damn, it's good. It's grandma cooking, you know. So I definitely will say that's not that's not a, um, a, a huge strength. But I'll tell you what's definitely not a strength is desserts. I don't, I don't bake. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might get baked, but I don't bake. You know what I'm saying? So, like, 
it's just it's just not something I don't like how you have to measure everything out um, I don't like rules like that's why I hate you know like accounting and math it's a it's rules yeah I'm more of a no rules person so with calling it you know with chefing it up of course you got some re recipes but yeah absolutely a little bit of this a little bit of that yeah. hey Ash can you make me what you made me last week huh? well I really don't know what I made you last week but you told me you wanted chef's choice all right so I mean it just uh but I definitely will say I can go I can I can make some unhealthy food it's, it's not always the the unhealthy food feeds the little brother and sister, when they want to eat, they come over and like, ask you make me this, we want this. I'll make it for them, not a problem. But um, in the shop, I guess our goal is to let you know, just because it's healthy don't mean it can't taste good. So a lot of people have that perception, and that's where we kind of come in, or where I kind of come in, you know, with being a chef and able to utilize some of these ingredients that most people may not put in their, you know, herbs and spices and stuff like that. Yeah. Um... Real quick, I walked in, you was playing some R&B shit, sounding shit. Yeah. Mr. E.E.E. -E -E himself, Jacquees, mm -hmm. has said he was the king of R&B. Who is your king of R&B? It's always going to be R. Kelly. Oh my God. <laughs> this motherfucker four on my show. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, you can back it up. There's, I'm not. I mean, I'm gonna tell you who I find myself listening to the most, and it's Donnell Jones. I love Donnell Jones. Mm. I'm not gonna say he's the king of R&B. I like Chris Brown. Chris Brown is. He's been around for a long time since mm -hmm. I was a kid. He was a kid. I think we're probably the same age. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm not. You know, gonna sit here and say they no contenders, but it definitely, I like Jacquees, and I like his music a lot. I find myself playing his music frequently. But he ain't the king. I mean, I'm sorry. It just is what it is. Now, maybe one day he can grow his career to become something like that. But he's new. I mean, he 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 ain't. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just going to go ahead and go with um, the Pied Piper himself. Mr. R. Kelly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I find myself arguing with you motherfuckers. Because I keep trying to tell y'all that Usher is the motherfucking king of R. I'll take him as a contender. I'm not gonna argue that he's not up there, but just personal preference. I mean, you know, you put that CD. I mean, I was probably way too young listening to R. Kelly. Now that I listen to it, I'm like, holy shit, that's what they was talking about. But you know, as soon as you pop in that that CD and he first thing out his mouth is hit it hard from the back, you just like, damn, R. Kelly, you out here living. <laughs> I mean, he's just the. I mean, he is. It just is what it is. Now, back to the chefism. Do you know how to make edibles? Yes. Can you explain to me step by step? Because I don't believe nobody know how to make real edibles in North Carolina. Okay, so I think, well, no, I think, I know the biggest process is making sure you're, A, using the quality of flour that you are used to, like everybody has different tolerances, um, using certain kind of grade and quantity, mm -hmm. and then making a really good butter, because your butter is going to be your ingredient. Now, you you know, an edible can turn into a slice of cake, or it could be a slice of lasagna. I mean, yeah. you make a butter. Yeah. So, uh, for me, I just put it in a vacuum-sealed bag, and then I boil it down in the water, and then bring it down, and then churn it in, bake it, and just put everything together. Mm -hmm. And then we also do a lot of CBD, so... At the shop, 
if you want CBD infused meal prep, we offer that as well. It's just not advertised um, on anything at this moment. I mean, it's legal now, but it's just not advertised. Now, for you slow motherfuckers who think you know what CBD is or don't know what CBD is, I just watched a video on it the other day, so I'm informed. So let me tell you dumb motherfuckers what it is. CBD is the part of the marijuana <coughs> that enhances your body. It, uh, well, it enhances everything. Everything about CBD is good for you. What I was told is the negative of CBD is the high that we uh, we weed heads search for in CBD doesn't. You don't get it. You don't because it's not it. the THC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's two separate parts. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Is that lucrative? Um, like who's buying weed to not get high? Well, it's not me. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, CBD <laughs> makes me sleepy. But who's buying weed that doesn't want to get high are kids that are having seizures, mm. um, people that have anxiety, mm. people that can't sleep. Um, so it might not be the market is a complete, or could be a completely different market because it's the people that aren't searching for that high. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they have a job. They get drug tested. They can't smoke. They like to smoke. I mean, why do people smoke cigarettes? They feel like they're smoking. You yeah. know, I mean, I, for the first time, I saw CBD. When I walked in, I was like, fuck, this looks like weed. Like, it looked exactly like, and I didn't know that. I was uninformed. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Um, and then when I started learning about it and um, how we could utilize it and making the oils. And, I mean, they've got it in, I, what, someone gave me some CBD lotion. Mm-hmm. And I had, like, aches after a basketball game. It was fine. And I didn't smell like fucking Ben Gay. I mean, it just it smelled yeah. like lotion, you know? Like, um, you know, Tiger Bomb, you can smell that shit down the street. So it's just like, I mean, I guess that would be a benefit somebody who is getting CBD without getting high. <laughs> Do you ever think we'll reach a day when we as a uh, society... Damn, I fucked that up. I was supposed to pitch this shit perfect. I fucked it up. Let me redo it. You good. Do you ever think there'll be a day where we in a society will look to weed for more of a medical purpose instead of a party purpose? Man! Yes. I mean, I think that's already in the works. I mean, we always hear about people, medical great marijuana, right? So, and, and this is a topic that I don't know much about, uh, who, who smokes it for uh, pharmaceutical reasons and who doesn't. But I will tell you, it's gonna be, it's definitely in the works, and then it'll be legal here as well. I mean, unfortunately, we're kind of in a state that's a little behind, but ain't the talks now. But you know what I'm saying? It's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it, and then when that happens, the green bunny gonna be the green bunny. <laughs> now, now they say um, it's going to be detrimental for. Um, the conspiracy theory on legal weed is it's too chemicalized, it's too potent, it's full of shit, you know what I'm saying? It ain't what's out here in these streets. Hmm. Um, do you believe that's what's going to happen? Do you, do you think the quality that would be in stores would be better than the quality we get in the streets now? Or will the quality in the stores be have a long-term fucked up effect on us as humans? 
You know, I don't really know, but I do know that when you go out to California and go to Colorado, I personally, you know, it is stronger. Yeah. I mean, so I guess that is how it's going to be here. I mean, but I don't know enough medically. I just, if it would fuck us up. I mean, I think abusing anything could potentially fuck you up, but mm. I don't know. I smoke. I don't seem fucked up, but it's also not the stuff I'm buying from the store. Yeah. Like you said, so uh, let's see. I've got some friends that have lived out in Denver, Denver for about eight years now. Mm. I don't think they act fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it's definitely better than like you know alcohol or better than oh, yeah. you know dr other drugs. I mean, technically it is a drug, correct? But yeah. I mean, I think it's. Um, I I hope it doesn't fuck us up. <laughs> Ain't it crazy how we're going to be telling our grandkids about how we was illegal and they're going to be looking at us like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> That's like about? when we hear about prohibition, like not yeah, being able to drink. Yeah. Like, what? Y'all dumped all that shit. Exactly. Um, um, so where, where are you from? Because I'm sure half these motherfuckers listening think you black. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I am from Charlotte. Um, I'm born and raised here. I have a little bit of a different family dynamic than one, you know, looking in. Yeah. May not, you know, you see me. Mm -hmm. I look like I should be like, hi guys. You know, <laughs> that's cool. You know, I'll take it. But that's not who I am. And um, okay. who the surroundings that I grew up in have made me who I am. I've got a loving mother and I've got two great fathers. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother my biological father and my mother were never, you know, like married or anything. So, um, they had me young. My mother got remarried to a black guy. Mm, and, um, okay, here so here's, you know, where, whereas all of my biological cousins and, you know, family, immediate family all lived in other States cause we were the only one here. I grew up with my stepdad's family. So went to a black church my whole life, mm. went to, you know, the people I played sports with, most of them, you know, were black. Um, you said hooping. You're like one of the first white people I heard just casually say hooping. Yeah, because, I mean, that's just how, that's how, that's how I know it. I mean, yeah. that's just, <laughs> you're going to go hoop today. Like, it, and it, honestly, it'd be fake if I said it any other way. <laughs> and I definitely don't hold my tongue. You know, I know people, and I see the people on TV that are trying to be, like, white people that are trying to be extra and trying to be, like, I hate I hate saying this talking black because what does that mean? I mean that's yeah. I hate that word, yeah. but just nah, it's either in you or it's not. <laughs> yeah, and so you know like, but yeah, that's that's how um that's that. <laughs> so when he was talking about frying chicken and macaroni and cheese, all I could think about was my step grandma, and uh -huh. I'm thinking I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, she was throwing down. <laughs> oh, so you got some recipes and shit. Yeah, so um, it's always a blessing going to her house. I'll tell you that. You had right. extra cardio after those days. So, I'm going to be interviewing different women of different races upcoming, and I think I'm going to touch on a certain topic. Mm -hmm. Are you comfortable going any and everywhere? Mm, yes, yes. <laughs> interracial dating. Yes. You come from an interracial background. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I think the fact that I've only had interracial relationships says that I approve. <laughs> I mean, that I think it's cool. Um, you're bringing in two different 
sides of the story and you decide to have kids you instill on that in them maybe they got a little more culture than the you know one that's one-sided white family you know whatever race family collectively um, that's also could be argued because those two the people of the same race could have came from different experiences that create a different you know outlook in children as well but like I mean I think interracial dating if anybody has a problem with it then they just that's fucked up mm. people are people I mean it just doesn't matter what race you are I, think, right. I like it. I mean, I like seeing it. What's the most fucked up or most uncomfortable situation you've been in as a white girl in an all-black environment? Like, somebody's about to fight, guns got pulled out. Like, what was the most uncomfortable situation? You're like, oh, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Mm, I think some of the most... Or somebody talking shit to you Uncomfortable about, situations you know, I've been in. I've been around people that are the same... Or, white people crazy like I mean I have I mean I don't have any fucked up situation I mean I've been blessed to have a pretty safe life. I mean I'm just never but I will say you know when I was younger before mm-hmm. it, it goes back to the basketball I mean it's oh she can't hoop cause she white mm-hmm. or she can't do this you know what I mean like okay you know people talking shit like oh y'all got a white girl on your team stuff like that mm-hmm. I heard it but it didn't yeah. It's just like when I, I mean, I go to, when I go out, I only go to all urban clubs. Mm. You think I ain't heard before, like, things? Like, why are you here? Why are you, and I'm like, for the same reason you here. I like this song, and I like this place. What you talking about? <laughs> you know, I've heard, I've had comments, you know, from other races that I date, inter, you know, interracially. Um, specifically only black people. I, I've never dated anything else than that, so... I think it was sounds so stupid, but like I'm more comfortable around black people than I am white people. Mm. And so I haven't had that many um, situations where I felt uncomfortable or nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, in closing, this has been a very good conversation. Um, you have mentioned that you had a corporate job. Mm-hmm. What turns you off about corporate America? I don't like being told what to do. Same. Same. I don't like asking for... I'm grown. If I need to go to lunch, I don't need to ask to go to lunch. Right. If I need to go run out to you know to the store to grab something because I forgot, oh, I forgot my chapstick, I'm going to go out and get it. I don't need to clock out. Right. I'll be back. Exactly. And that... that I mean, but that's... I mean, I'm... So, I'm 30. Mm-hmm. So, my age group is this... How old are you? 30. Okay, so oh, our... Okay, well, our age group is this weird group where we remember things that... They call us, you know, millennials, but we are not millennials. Millennials are... We came of age in this shit. So, I mean, and we, we remember... We didn't have cell phones when we were 11. Exactly. We have internet. We couldn't just click a button and get on the internet. We had to wait for that shit to ring in. You had to wait. We had the best of both worlds. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah. I, it makes us this weird... I've got work ethic. Yeah. I just don't want to be told what to do. Exactly. And that's why I'm an entrepreneur. That's crazy you say that. That makes sense. Our area is, like, unique like that. Like, we got work ethic, but we want to do it our fucking way. Yeah. Everybody's like that in our area. Yeah. So, like... Um, and also, another thing that really... I don't like... Okay, so I like seeing new people. I like being around new people. I'm very social. I, I mean, I don't meet a stranger. Okay. 
So sitting in the same office with the same fucking people every day, like, bruh, I don't care about your husband. I don't, I don't care about your kids. I don't. I don't care about none of this. Shut, like, I'm here. And I know that's so rude, but like, it's, yeah, but it's the same work, fucking man. people. Yeah. My work, I see a new client every day. I see a new vendor. I talk to somebody new all the time. So then when I do see those people, I've built relationships. It's like, oh, what's up? You know, because I didn't just talk to them all day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's just crazy. And then, uh, and then personally, I was young. I, you know, did the four-year degree right out of high school. You know, I was 22, 23. And I was a manager of people that were, you know, double my age. And um, where it was the job that I wanted, and I went and I worked hard to get, you know, to get there. Mm -hmm. It, you know, unfortunately wasn't what I wanted. But I had a hard time with telling people what to do, and they asked me a question. I'm like, yes, ma'am, just because like I'm southern, mm -hmm. like, and you respect people that are older than you. So it was just like, um, maybe I was younger, maybe did need a little confidence building in that role, uh, maybe you know some things, but yeah, corporate just not. Uh, -uh. but I mean, but. You get health insurance. You get a 401k. You don't get all that right away when you own your own business now. Health insurance costs more than my damn car payment. Closing out. We already come to the conclusion that our era is weird. It's different. Mm -hmm. We like to do shit our way for mm -hmm. our workers. Why is it that... I just recently went to my high school reunion. Okay. And it seems like everybody is doing what you say. Everybody's got a job, everybody's safe, everybody's working. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't seem like nobody was, maybe three people was out there uh, on some, I'm going for it, I'm trying to make my name, put my name in the atmosphere to be bigger than this city. Mm -hmm. You know, me and, you know, him, two other motherfuckers, this girl I know, and, you know, somebody. Mm -hmm. Why is our era so scared to jump? Like every, I know every last one of the motherfuckers in that room had an idea within the last 10 years that they wish they could have executed. But I only heard maybe three of us talk about some shit that's got our name on it. People just sometimes can't see the bigger picture. And it takes a lot of hard work. It's not, it's not, it's not scheduled things. You know, when I say schedule, I'm thinking you don't wake up in the morning and then you put your suit and tie on and you go in and you sit in the office and then you have a lunch break. You're all over the place. Mm -hmm. And some people can't handle that and some people are scared to do that. And then it just takes a lot of hard work. And some people just don't want to do that. And they want to be safe and have a good job. And I think also what Rolt brings into that is people having kids younger and they have to have a stupid patient. I don't have kids. Yeah. I don't have anybody I got to take care of. Yeah. So if this month wasn't as good as last month, well then I guess we ain't going out this week. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't gotta worry about putting food in somebody else's mouth. Well, I mean I got a little husky, you know, that I gotta put food in her mouth. But mm -hmm. you know, it's just I think that's a that's a thing. Having you, some people just gotta do it. Um, I was fortunate enough to do. I did it, and I saved up some money, and then I was able to start a business. I mean, it just and I worked my ass off. And some people I think just don't want to do that. Some people do want to go work for other people. We all can't be the same, you That's know? That's crazy. Not me. That's crazy. I'm the boss. I'm an yeah. alpha. <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta see something with my name on it by the end. I want to see it through. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I never would have thought I'd be cooking on TV for two years. Yeah. But I went and did that shit. The dude that worked for 
the um, when I was in school, I did it for the school because mm-hmm. I just went, I marched down there to public relations office and I said, y'all have cooking on Johnson and Wales, and I'm a freshman, and I want to be on there. Yeah. And she was like, all right. And then once I graduated, I saw one of the producers at the bar. Like I was doing my internship at Sullivan's, and he was at the bar having a lunch. And I walked up to him. I said, look, I did a couple of cooking with Johnson Wells. I have my own business now. Like, mm-hmm. can I? Can I be on TV? Mm-hmm. And he was like, sure. <laughs> but if I never would have walked over there, I never would have, I mean, you just got to be a go-getter. You got to hustle. You got to hustle. I mean, what's the first thing you going to say? No. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was your highest high in uh, your chef? Like, what, what was your, your greatest moment? Putting up the sign on my storefront. Getting, you know, inspections approved. <laughs> but really just seeing it all come together and see them put that sign up and just stand in front of it and say, this is mine. I mean, this is, this isn't anybody else's, it's mine. Last question before I get you up out of here. Um, I remember the moment I posted Me Blanca Amigo on the internet. Mm-hmm. First episode, right? And I was so fucking nervous. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I just posted it. And I was right before I pressed send, I'm looking at the screen. And, you know what I'm saying? I'm just staring. And it's just like this moment of jumping, like I just said. Um, To me, that was my most nervous moment. Because everything since then ain't been shit to me. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Because it's yours. Yeah, exactly. It's nobody else's. Exactly. Um, what is your most nervous moment? And I know it probably happened in the beginning, like my shit. Oh, most nervous was the first time I ever went on TV. Yeah. Just don't say fuck, Ashley. Just don't say fuck, because it's live. Yeah. It's not recorded. <laughs> Anything could go wrong. I mean, my hands were shaking. Mm-hmm. It was the worst interview I ever did. Mm-hmm. I go back and watch it sometimes and just laugh because I said like some of the same words over I mean I was nervous I did I did not but you know what that first time that's all that's all it was that's all it, that's all it took next time I walked right up there and didn't even what nothing but that first time what <laughs> and then eat the food right in front of you <laughs> oh, oh shit, shit. just crazy. just don't cuss though just don't cuss I just remember I still have to tell myself that's why I asked you before the show. The cussing cool. What's up? Hey. Alright. And that'll be another episode. Ashley from the Green Bunny. Green Bunny. <laughs> Alright, and that'll do it for another episode of Me Blanc Amigo. I'd like to thank my guest chef Ashley. You already know good peoples when they link up with your boy. I want to thank every last one of y'all that listened all the way through, man. And again, you know I shoot it like an advertisement, man. Follow my Instagram at R-O-B-E-I-W-H-Y. You see I'm posting, chilling, laxing. And you already know, baby. Like, comment, subscribe like the white girls in the valley say. Ah-ha! I'm out, bitch.